0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review. I'm Ramia Amuddin, here with Nisreen Abdel-Majid. <laughs> to start things off as we do every week, let's have a glance at the Sila home page. Starting with the three feature titles at the top, probably Ruby by Lisa Burt Wilson is the first one. This is an Indigenous Peoples fiction. We also have Unreconciled by Jesse Wente. And we're going to talk more about this book in a bit. But this is an Indigenous Peoples biography category. Also, the last one from this featured titles category is In My Own Moccasins by Helen Knott, Indigenous Peoples biography. Of course, we've just gone past the first ever uh, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. That was September 30th, 2021. So lots of stuff there to talk about and lots of reasons to continue to recognize, you know, our part in what's going on in Canada. And though a lot of it is history and we may not have personally lived through it, there are so many stories to be heard and so many conversations to be had. So Nasreen, I think that this is incredible for us to keep featuring um, not only on this show, but in our lives, uh, going through the, the audio books and the the kinds of experiences of learning mm-hmm. and hearing stories. I couldn't agree with you more. Let's do it. Amazing. So let's keep moving here. We're talking about announcements on the SELA homepage. Uh, This is straight from the SELA blog, and it's about Orange Shirt Day. It's called Orange Shirt Day from Story to Movement. This was published September 29th of this year by Karen McKay, who's the author of this particular article. For years, Phyllis Webstead had never told her story to anyone. And then in 2013, while brainstorming with a friend over coffee about an upcoming speech at a residential school commemoration ceremony, Phyllis thought about her first day in residential school and her special orange shirt. Less than a decade later, Phyllis had published four books with her most recent Beyond the Orange Shirt story released this month. She's the executive director of the Orange Shirt Society, an organization dedicated to supporting the concept of Every Child Matters and expanding awareness about the impacts of Indian residential schools on individuals, families, and communities. In the past few years, Phyllis's story and her Orange Shirt Day have become immediately recognizable symbols of the impact of residential schools School children across Canada have heard her story and participated in Orange Shirt Day since its inception in 2013. Earlier this year, the Government of Canada designated September 30th, Phyllis's Orange Shirt Day, as the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, a dedicated opportunity for education and reflection. Phyllis's story is an excellent example about the power of stories to educate, inspire compassion, and to shift our perspectives. We're honored to offer her books in our collections, this is from Sila, in both French and English. That's great. We'll pause there for now about Orange Shirt Day, um, but really incredible and we'll recap this in a bit. But for now, let's go to what's trending, Nisreen, because there are a few things on that list as well. Yes.
2: So today on Twitter, audiobook.com is having a fall sale, they tweeted out, get bestsellers, romance, mystery and thriller, health and wellness, and so much more, all for $7 and under. So I wanted to ask you before we get to the second topic, what's the most you would spend on a book?
1: Well, if you count my monthly Audible subscription, that's basically 20 bucks a month um, and you get one credit. So that's, you know, every every book that I spend a credit on I'm spending $20 or so I think that's kind of in and around the area that I I spend on audiobooks in general I might have made a big purchase in the past when I got all seven books of the Harry Potter series in one bundle (laughs) because I love Harry Potter um but (laughs) other other than that yeah in and around 20.
2: I um Uh, So I would compare uh, myself with my sister. My sister goes crazy over books. I've mentioned this before. She's a bookworm and I cannot, she, she goes broke because of buying books and she likes hard book covers. She doesn't like online books. So I think it's a bit more expensive. I don't know if it's more expensive, but buying it from Indigo and other places like chapters or things like that, she would spend $50. $50 she doesn't care but even though she's a student but um she'd wow. rather read than eat. Mm. So, I guess oh, that's her motto. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say $20 is safe a month for me. I agree with you. But yeah. this this deal is good. There's so many more options on audiobook.com for $7 and under for the fall sale, so check that out. On audiobook.com, they also tweeted out this week's hottest releases. We like to go through that. We go through uh, number one, Taste My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. Number two, The Storyteller, Tales of Life and Music by Dave Grohl. And number three, Crossroads by Jonathan Franzen. Four, A Carnival of Snackery by David Sedaris. Sankova. By uh Chipandu Onozu. Uh and then the next one we have Last Girl Ghosted. And after that, The Butler by Danielle Steele. These are all interesting books. Mm. There's so much, much, much more. Uh, but we don't have time to list them all,
1: right? No, no but no. definitely check it out: audiobook.com, um, audible.com, all the different subscriptions out there, always tons of new releases. Speaking of new releases, after the break, we're going to check in with Karen McKay and Teresa Power from the SELA Library. It's the first time we're chatting with them. We've been chatting SELA all along, but still nice to get somebody live and in color. We're going to talk about the service's milestone of passing one million books on the SELA catalog. We're also going to preview the memoir, Unreconciled, Family Truth and Indigenous resistance by jesse wendy we'll be back with all that on ami audiobook review welcome back to ami audiobook review i'm ramia Amadin, host of the show along with nisreen Abdelmajid, majid who's here you know on air helping behind the scenes teching our whole show for us this is really a collaborative effort all right enough chit chat. It's time for some more audiobook talk. And this is the section where we hit pause or play. We glanced over a few books uh, in our first part of the show from the CELA homepage under the featured book section. And now we're going to figure out if we would press pause or play on one of these listens. Let's put unreconciled Family, Truth, and Indigenous Resistance uh, by Jesse Wente under the microscope or into our earphones. <laughs> so, tell you a little bit about the book. Jesse Wente remembers the exact moment he realized he was a certain kind of Indian, a stereotypical cartoon Indian. He was playing softball as a child when the opposing team began to war whoop when he was at bat. It was just one of many incidences that formed Wenty's understanding of what it means to be a modern indigenous person in a society still overwhelmingly colonial in its attitudes and institutions as a child of a, an american father and an mother wenty grew up in toronto with frequent visits to the reserve where his maternal reserve um, maternal relations lived by exploring his family's history, including his grandmother's experience in residential school and citing his own frequent incidences of racial profiling by police who stopped him on the streets, Wente unpacks the discrepancies between his personal identity and how non-Indigenous people view him. Wendy analyzes and gives voice to the differences between Hollywood portrayal of Indigenous persons and lived culture. Through the lens of art, pop culture and personal stories, and with disarming humor, he links his love of baseball and movies to such issues as cultural appropriation, Indigenous representation and identity, and Indigenous narrative sovereignty. He argues that storytelling in all its forms is one of Indigenous people's best weapons in the fight to reclaim their place. Wente explores and exposes the lies that Canada tells itself, unravels the two- founding nations myth and insists that the notion of reconciliation is not a realistic path forward peace between first nations and the state of canada can't be recovered through reconciliation because no such relationship existed this is what we're working with for unreconciled and i want to ask our guests for today karen and Teresa. karen we'll start with you do you press pause or play on this book or another question we'll just throw this in there have you read it already
3: I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I would definitely push play on this one. I love Jesse Wente. I think he's insightful and smart, and I would absolutely read this book.
1: Okay, lovely. And Teresa, your take?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely press play on this one, too. Um, I'm familiar with Jesse Wente. Previous to this book, uh, I think it's just a very interesting topic that he talks about, and we're certainly talking a lot about Uh, reconciliation in this country Um, and it is on my two my very large to read uh, pile of books
1: (laughs) yeah and hopefully we'll make a minor dent in that when as you uh, both appear on this show but Karen McKay and Teresa Power from the Center for Equitable Library Access. I feel like this is a huge, warm welcome to you both because uh, we've been featuring SELA since the inception of the show. Um, It's the first time that both of you are coming on, so welcome. Teresa is the content and access librarian, and Karen is the communications manager both at SELA. I think that, just to get my take on it, I think that this book is... um, an incredible and insightful way of of looking at uh, truth and reconciliation, right? Because we have the, the National Day now. Uh, I've talked a bit about Orange Shirt Day, but um, really what a take to think, you know, reconciliation is not even possible. We can't even start there because that's that's what a lot of us are thinking. Let's start there. Um, but for Jesse to say, this is not even plausible because it's not a thing, um, you know, based on everything that's been going on in our current relationship with the indigenous peoples, I think it would be an excellent read to get that. So you're both here to discuss some Sila announcements, to get some celebrations underway and hopefully get to some recommendations. But Start with the congratulations because CELA has passed the 1 million bookmark on its catalog. So congratulations. We did highlight the blog post last week on the show. But Karen, can you give us a reminder uh, and give us more information?
3: Absolutely. So thanks very much for that. Congratulations. We are just absolutely thrilled with this milestone. For the last sort of three or four days before it, we hit the million mark, everybody would get together as a staff and we'd all watch the numbers go up. We were, you know, holding our breath till we got to the million mark. So, uh, CELA was established in 2014, and in the seven years, essentially since it's been established, we've added 700,000 titles. So, I think that's just phenomenal. But what's really amazing is that um, we met this number through the support of some of our really fantastic partners. So, those would include organizations like Bookshare. Penguin Random House Canada, the National Library Service, which we just announced our new partnership with them not too long ago. And they're going to be adding 80,000 titles to our collection. They're not in there yet. Some of them are, but not all of them. Uh, We also have a pilot program with Audible. So those folks are really, they've been so supportive and they've helped us get to this mark. But we also want to acknowledge our member libraries and our funders, of course. But really a huge thanks goes out to our readers and our users because they have supported us and encouraged us to continue to build the collection. And they've participated in that by telling us what they love to read. And so, you know, we want to really share this huge milestone with all the people that helped us get there.
1: Amazing. Yeah, we can feel the the excitement in the air, uh, Karen, not just, you know... this particular milestone, but everything leading up to it, your partnership with Audible and um, all these incredible things that are going on, the update to the app, which we're very excited about, Kelly and I have been talking about it nonstop on uh, Kelly and Company, uh, but it's great. So congratulations, and we're always looking forward to more and more updates and announcements from you guys. The blog has been exceptional for for bringing that to us, um, you know, basically on a weekly basis here on AMI Audiobook Review. Let's move to the shortlist for awards. There are a few things that we want to talk about here, but Karen, maybe the Writers' Trust Awards to begin?
3: Yeah, so the Writers Trust Awards, both the fiction and nonfiction categories announced in the last couple of weeks. They usually announce mid-September to late September. Uh, and there are some fantastic books on here. So the Atwood Gibson Writer Trust Fiction Prize just announced a couple of days ago, and it's a newly renamed award. It was formerly the Writers' Trust, the Rogers Writers Trust Fiction Award, but it's been renamed for Margaret Atwood and her partner Graham Gibson. They were both founding members of the award. So this award uh presents $60,000 to the finalists and $5,000 to each of the nominated titles. And there's some um, really well-known authors on this list. So we've got Marion Caves for her book Fight Night is on the list. Guy Vanderhaeg is on for August into Winter. Uh, Katerina Vermette, who people know from the break, she her new book is called The Strangers. And so that's been nominated, um, as has Alex Olin's we Want, uh, we Want What We Want. I knew I was going to mess that one up. Uh, and then another author that's maybe not quite as well known as the other four, um, uh, Rivka Galchin, and she's on for everyone knows your mother is a witch. She's an award-winning author as well, but she doesn't—I don't know that she's quite as well known as the the four. So, um, so we have all five of these books in our collection. We're excited to share, and
1: they are there are some really fantastic stories in there. So we would love for people to check them out. Excellent. Well, thanks for highlighting those. And we're, we're not done yet because, Teresa, uh, we can go over the the Gillers shortlist as well.
0: Yeah, so um, the Gillers shortlist was actually announced just yesterday. So it's hot off the press, these finalists. Um, mm-hmm. For people who might not know, the Gillers are a Canadian literary prize. I believe they're actually the biggest in Canada. The purse is for about $140,000 for the winner. Um, and the winner is actually announced on uh, November 8th. Uh, it's an evening announcement um, and something that anyone can watch actually through the CDC. And that's what you can expect in terms of finalists on the Gillers are your serious literary fiction or short star- story books. So books that have a lot of, you know, meat that you can really dig your teeth into. So the finalists Uh, Sight Night by Miriam Taves is on this one as well. Karen mentioned um, her book on the Writers' Trust. Uh, So Miriam Taves, she's no stranger to the literary scene. She was previously nominated for the Giller Prize twice before. In 2004, she was a finalist for A Complicated Kindness. And in 2014, she was shortlisted for All My Puny Sorrows. And Tams is really known for writing women's stories. Um, her books are in the voices of women, about uh, women's experiences. And Fight Night is no different. It tells the story of three generations of women in a tight knit family. The voice of the story is a nine year old girl named Swiv, and she lives with her mother who is pregnant and her grandmother. And the story is about a set of letters that Swiv writes to her absent father and. The grandmother writes to her unborn grandchild, and it's a story really about survival, about fighting for and living for your life, especially living your life on your own terms. And the remaining four nominees are actually new to the Gillers, although perhaps not um, all new to the literary awards season. So Jordan Tannehill, he's a UK-based Canadian playwright. He's previously won the Governor General's Literary Awards for Drama twice. And he is nominated for his second novel, The Listeners. Uh, BC-based writer Angelique She she's nominated for her debut short story collection, Glorious Frazzle Beams. And that book actually centers around ghosts and shapeshifters. Uh, Chaluchi mm. Anyameloki Anubia. She's a writer based in Halifax and Legos. And she is nominated for her debut novel, The Son of the House. And it's a story about two women. One is a housemaid and the other is um, educated and very privileged. And uh, it's about how one day their lives converge after being kidnapped. And lastly, Omar al akkad he's a Canadian journalist uh, based in Portland. And he is nominated for his book, What Strange Paradise? You may be uh, familiar with him. His book, American War, was actually defended on Canada Reads in 2018, and it was a bestseller. And so what Strange Paradise is about, it's really a story about refugees from many different countries who are trying to free, flee their homeland by boat. But more specifically, it's about one boy named Amir, who is the only one to actually make it. And the book is told in alternating chapters between Amir and a young girl who finds him. And though they don't share a common language, she becomes very dedicated to helping him, um, despite her own sense of homelessness.
1: Well, you weren't kidding when you said meat on the bone, Teresa. Yeah, I know. Yeah. These stories sound um, incredible and, and also thanks for, you know, cross-referencing some of these authors and some of the other um, nominations or recognitions that they've gotten in the past because, yeah, familiar names or titles or, you know, bestsellers that people could could definitely check out that way. We don't have too much time left on the show uh, but I'm sure we'll get both of you back on but before we go can we talk about some of the new uh, books from Penguin Random House Canada that are um, on your SELA collection I believe this is the context.
0: So you actually mentioned quite a few of them the three that I I had actually ended up choosing are the three that we highlighted um, as featured titles on our website. Awesome. Um, So I'm happy to talk just very briefly about two of them because, you know, we talked about Jesse Wente's book already. So probably Ruby by Elisa Bird Wilson. Um, It's about a young indigenous girl who's adopted by a couple and eventually this couple's marriage falls apart and Ruby becomes very interested in finding more about her indigenous identity. And this leads her down uh, partly a self-destructive path, but also in the way of people who really help her flesh out her history and this book is about identity, you know, how we come to be who we are. And I think it it really points to, you know, how complicated these strands are and how many people and places they're drawn from. And lastly, uh, the book, In Royal by Helen Knott. I think it's a book about many things. In one part, it's a memoir about the author's struggle with addiction and trauma. But on the other hand, it's a bit of history as well. Um, the author recounts the finding of Treaty 8 by her own great-grandfather and the legacy of intergenerational trauma, and it's also about the author reclaiming her identity and spirit despite that trauma, and this book was actually long-listed for the RBC Taylor Prize in 2020, and we chose to feature these on our website for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation on the
1: 30th. Yeah, of course. And all three of them, we talked a bit about probably Ruby last week, and all three of them sound like incredible um, stories. And Mm -hmm. you can see the parallels, right, of the things that we're trying to, um, the authors are portraying, whether it be real life experiences or those experiences Mm -hmm. or writing based on things that have happened to to people in real life. And uh, some of the books that I've read this year, including There, There and Five Little Indians, um, I also draw some of these parallels, but still very, very unique stories. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I would say that, you know, every author's story and experiences is, is unique to them. And I'm really happy to see more of these voices you know, being told, and you know, having this opportunity for our patrons to you know to be able to to read them and to experience them and to you know take take these stories in. I think
1: absolutely. Well, thank you for highlighting. And before we go, and I mean it this time, <laughs> Karen, <laughs> uh, coming back to you for a quick second. Anything you want to say on the the new update to the uh, Dolphin Easy Reader app and the collaboration with Sila that way? We
3: have been working on this for quite a while, and we are just thrilled that it's in place. Um, we should let folks know that the French translations are a little bit uh, unstable at the moment, but the English is working absolutely great, uh, and we are really happy to be able to offer this because we've had patrons asking for it for quite some time. Uh, and if you stay tuned to the blog in the next couple of days, you'll hear about some more updates happening on the CILA website. So uh, we're looking forward to bringing those forward as well.
1: Oh, we're looking forward to reaping the benefits. Thank you both so much. Um, And as I said, we'll get you back on soon and hopefully uh, talk some more audiobooks as as you guys are avid listeners and readers and and putting this uh, catalog of amazing audiobooks and other formats of accessible uh, reading out there for us on. Sila, take care. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Teresa Power and Karen McKay of the Center for Equitable Library Access joining us on AMI Audiobook Review Um, our great friends over there at CELA. Want to check out more on CELA or sign up? Go to celalibrary.ca that's C-E-L-A library.ca You've been listening to AMI Audiobook Review on AMI Audio I'm Ramia Amudan here with Nisreen Abdelmajid and we will be back next week. Until then happy audiobook listening!